0: Welcome to the presentation on LNBits, where we're going to go over how to install it and how to use its API. Is everybody ready? Yay, nice uh. Let's do it. Uh, I couldn't think of a subtitle for this talk, except is amazing. So that's the subtitle, LNBits is awesome, or is amazing. You can get this slideshow by going to this URL, tinyurl.com install dash LNBits. And we're going to do an experiment today because I'm using a MacBook. And I've never installed uh, this on a MacBook. Who thinks it's going to go smoothly? I don't see any hands, <laughs> so there we go. Uh, all right, let's go to this. Uh, so the next thing is going to have some. It has some uh, installation guides for us. If anyone is following along at home, um, there are installation guides for various backends that you can use for this. And uh, let's let's get to it. First thing we're going to do is use Git. So, uh, we will find out if git is installed on this computer. Uh, control C, is it command C in Mac? All right. Smooth so far. Paste this into here. Not sure how to paste. There's no right click. Command P? Command V. Okay, command B. Smooth, smooth as glitter. Or glitter's not smooth. The git command requires the command line developer tools. Can I install those? It's going to ask for your uh, agreement. Continue on battery power, I suppose. Seems like something's happening. Finding software, look at this. Macs are amazing. My, Macs are my favorite non-Linux operating system. Yeah. Well, I was all frustrated, that's all. I'm in good spirits now, because we're, we're, we're moving. We're smooth sailing. Um, 104 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth sailing across the Atlantic Ocean. Um, d- uh, is there a way to not do this part and have and still have Git installed? Anyone Brew familiar install with? Git. All right. Oh, that's eight minutes. Can you for eight minutes? It's an hour and well, 104 it's hours an hour. and eight oh, minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Although it is strange that it's already halfway done. Yeah, there dis- <laughs> Brew install Git. Get. Brew's not here. All right, install brew. Install brew. <laughs> <laughs> Google, uh, Google install homebrew on Mac. All right. <laughs> we are not smooth sailing. We have officially <laughs> passed smooth sailing, and now we're into uncharted territory. Uh, how to install brew on Mac. <laughs> <laughs> the missing package manager. Oh, there you go. This looks easy. Come on. I'd missed the copy button until it was like too late. Watch this. Paste, enter. Uh, Shouldn't have told me that. Yeah, good. That was also a terrible password for a Bitcoiner. Not that anyone recording this would need to know that. Uh, Alright, things are happening. While it's doing this, I'm going to tell you a little bit about our procedure today. First, we're going to install LNBits and we're going to get it running on our computers. Then we're going to switch over to the, um, to, the, to the demo server online and I'm going to show you how to use the LNBits API. And once you've got the thing running on your own computer and you know how to use the API, you can build apps, which is cool. So that's kind of what I want to teach you all to do. Uh, that, that's where we're at. Is this also going to take 104 hours? Yes, I can explain what LNBits is while we're waiting. Uh, I'm going to explain that using this little user's guide thing. LNBits is a free and open source lightning network wallet and accounts system. This description is always, there's like four or five things that I think are really cool about LNBits. And they're not easy to sloganize. Uh, so, yeah, it it is an account system or it has an account system in it, which is like, I'll show you this on the Legends server. legends.lnbits.com not that. Dot. I can't remember if it's dot, if it's plural or not. It is this. Okay, so what it means by an account system is that this is when you install lnbits, this is what you see. Like this is the front-end interface for it. And you can create a bunch of wallets with it. So I'm going to make a test wallet here. I've got I've got a wallet on here and it's telling you to copy your URL because your password is in your URL. Uh, but I've got one I'm gonna make another one just by going to legend.lnbits.com and creating another one, uh, wallet 2. Add new wallet. Okay and now I've got two wallets and if I like deposit money into one of these I can send it back and forth between them or really do anything. It's just it's a wallet system. You can, like, run a copy of this in your own computer on your own node and then let people have wallets on that, that you're running for them. Like, you're, the, you're their back end. And any money they put in will go onto your node and any money they send will be managed by your node. That's kind of cool. It's a, it's a nice tool for being Uncle Jim in your neighborhood. You can be like, well, you don't have to run in a Lightning node. I'm running one and you can just use mine yeah it, it whoever's running it custodies the funds so i'm going to ch- show you guys how to run it so you can custody the funds uh, and this guy whoever's running this uh, Ben Ark is running this server I think he's custodying any funds we put on here so that's one of the cool things about it is this account system where you can you can be the local node runner for your community and just give everyone a wallet uh, another cool thing is the extensions this is my second favorite thing about Ellenbits is this extensions page, where you can install like a billion things that I- increase the functionality of your Bitcoin node. Uh, when Lightning network implementations began arising in the 2018s and 19s, um, there was no um, standardized way to write plugins for them. A couple of them, Eclair and Core Lightning, had their own plugin architecture, but but like Lightning or uh, LND did not. Uh, so this website came out that had support for all those backends. You can run it on Eclair, you can run it on LND, you can run it on C-Lightning, but any plugins you create work with all of them. So it's like a unified interface for making plugins, which is cool. And that leads right into my third, my first favorite thing about LNBITS is that it works with so many backends. Uh, as we'll see in a minute, when, if this is done, you can install LNbits and get it working with um, Core Lightning, Eclair, LND, OpenNode, LNTXbot, Cliché and probably like three other ones. Three other places where you can have funds on the Lightning network can be the be- like the, the thing that holds the money in uh, in LNbits. Okay. Brew is still taking 104 hours to to get through. So Any thoughts, anyone, about what might be going wrong here? Oh, look, it finished. Wow, that's nice. Brew install what? Git. Brew's not found. (laughs) (laughs) Well, exit didn't work like it does on Linux, and then I minimized accidentally. X. Command space, terminal, Uh, and now we should have Git. Check it out, we have Git! Okay, so now we are installing lnbits using the guide uh, that is right here. Once we have it, we're going to cd into that, um, we're going to change directories into that server. lnbits legend. Can you? You guys probably can't see this. I can make it bigger, though. Does that help? Yes. Sorry about my uh, suboptimal s- necessities. Uh, okay, this wants us to install Python, which you don't. We don't have the aptitude package manager in um, this in on this machine. Why do we, we have we Python though? We so we can install Ellen bits. Yes, we do have Python. So exit. And we can skip this part. I I can skip this part. Y'all will probably, if you're running this on Linux, you'll need to do this part. If you're running on Windows, you're on your own. I don't know how to do Windows. If you're running on Mac, you can follow what I'm doing right now. But we already have Python, so we don't need to do that. Uh, And then it wants us to get this thing called poetry. So, uh, brew install poetry. Brew is still not here? It's just the curl command. Yeah, you can do curl. You can do curl on here? OK. You might have to set it like The problem is, one of the problems is, is that I can't actually click and drag very easily on here. There. Command-C. Paste. Enter. It doesn't like it. Uh, OK. But this is we're yeah, this is not really working. This build of Python cannot create virtual environments without symlinks. Anyone ever encounter this problem on a Mac before? What's the problem? Oh, Python. D- his Python can't create virtual environments without symlinks. Yeah, that's what poetry is supposed to be for. It's po- po- the poetry thing is supposed to give you the right version of Python, but it doesn't work on Mac, apparently. How to put homebrew. Okay, he got it running with Docker, Docker so. Yeah, there is an alternative installation method down here called Docker. Okay, so am I doing the wrong thing? Uh, Brew. Install Docker Desktop? Yeah, it's like an app. So I'm doing it wrong. What do I, what do, I do? What do I do? Uh, as, as the runner of this tutorial, <laughs> this is not what I intended. Type in Docker, Docker Install Mac. Install Mac. So do I have to install Homebrew to my path, or do I have to install Docker Desktop? It, show, it opened up a dictionary. because you push too hard. You, you, to you have to push softly on a Mac? All right. It's not It's not plastic. All right, Macs are not plastic is one thing I've learned today. Um, So what we're doing now is we're waiting 5 more seconds for Docker Desktop to finish downloading. Then we're going to have to wait about 104 hours for Docker Desktop to finish installing. Then just drag it there you go. drop it in the, drop it in the board. I don't know how else to do that. There you go. You it. Yay! I you stuff. Things are happening. This looks like it's not going to take 104 years. Okay. Is this how I open it? It says Docker. It's I could probably get rid of this, right? Okay, so I think Docker will open up in the background, which. Huh? Oh. Don't say out loud what I'm typing in, car. OK. Go. We've got something happening. Cool. Uh, this is an alternative method of installation in case you have a Mac. Uh, and smooth. Smooth. Let's see what the next instruction is. The next instruction, can okay, close out of that one. Don't need those two. Wa- Control, Shift, T. Yeah. Docker. So now i got to go into my directory and paste this command. Copy that. And I am already in the directory. You can tell because it says Ellen bits Legend. Wait. Is, it, is this good? It came, it came back to me. Right click. Nope, that's not how you right click. It's c- Command-Paste. Command-Paste. OK, so we're getting Ellen bits installed on this computer. This is about as long as it would have taken if I'd have been doing it on Linux. How Super Learns How to Use a Mac. Super Learns How to Use a Mac, the alternative title. (laughs) Why don't I just go while it's doing this and change our LNBits title. I now know a subtitle where, wait, oh, I'm not an editor on here. I'm not logged in. I want to change the subtitle to where Super Learns How to Use a Mac, but can't do it. Uh, Okay. so. Installing LN bits on our local computer is nice because if you're if you're using the legend server or someone else's server then you don't have control over your money, but if you install it on your own computer you do Everyone good does that make sense? What's Docker? Docker is a program for running programs. <laughs> it's it's like a uh, They they uh, they use fancy terms. I don't know what these terms mean something to do with containers it like puts your apps in a container and i think that means it can't hurt your operating system. It's a virtual machine oh, okay. maker. It spins up a virtual machine and puts your app inside that virtual machine so that it can only hurt things within that within that fake computer. So that's what Docker is. It seems to be doing a bunch of things. But it finished, so that's nice. We can follow the next instruction, which is to copy the environment. This, uh, th- we, have a s- we have setting files in Linux, uh, in the Linux world, apparently in the Mac world, called environment uh, files. And we are going to make one, if I can figure out how to copy this command. Everything's different on a Mac. Paste, copy that. Create a directory called data. Paste, done. And now we run we run our uh our thing paste, enter something seems to have happened cool uh so what it, now uh it that's the last instruction it gave me i I think that should mean I am able to pull this up in my uh, pull up our own local copy of um of Ellen bits yes. What? We've got EllenBits running on our local computer now. Yeah. Woo-hoo! OK, you can do all the things I was doing earlier. You can create a wallet called Wallet3. It's got information remembering t- reminding you to save your password, which is up there in the URL. Cool, yeah, we've got a little wallet here. And I'm going to make Wallet4, just for kicks and giggles. we got another wallet. Uh, now. If we tried to create a payment request here, uh, like let's say, sorry, wrong button, create an invoice for, why? 5,000 sets. If I tried to create an invoice, it may give me an error. In fact, it did give me an error because this isn't hooked up to a lightning node. You need to be hooked up to a lightning node. And uh, I intended on my Linux box to show you how to do that quickly. But we've already way past quickly. So I think I'm going to skip that part Figure out on your own using the guides that I linked uh, here. Can you spin one up on voltage maybe? I don't want to. Okay. Um, there are video guides here for installing um, like Core Lightning or installing LN bits or uh, LND, I mean, and hooking them up to um, to your local version of this. So do that if you want to learn how to do this. But we're going to move forward now to learning how to use the LNbits API to build um, wallet, our own wallet interface and, and other stuff. You guys ready to do that? Yeah. Let's do it. We have a new GitHub. What? Why? Why? I don't understand. I don't want the dictionary every time I click. Anytime I click, I don't want a dictionary. Uh, pull up this additional slideshow. You guys are getting a sneak preview, because this slideshow is from the the Plebdev course that Austin Carr and I are creating, where we teach people how to build Lightning Network applications, assuming you have zero experience coding before. Yeah, so you're getting spoilers right here. Uh, We're going to scroll on down to slide 15, uh, where we're going to use JavaScript to create our first Bitcoin wallet. Uh, in previous lessons of this course that you guys haven't taken you would have created a wallet which looks like uh, What I'm about to download? Uh, which is contained in this uh, in this github that? Um, Austin made so what did I do here? I, I know I went a little fast you opened up this slideshow Or you should have you should open up this slideshow go, scroll down to slide 15 and then click that github link All right everyone able to follow along to this point? Then we're going to download a zip file containing this whole, containing this stuff. All right, that's what we're going to do. Download that zip file. And open up the zip file. And we should have a new directory here called learn CSS. Okay, why am I doing this? Because there's a little wallet in here that we are going to, it's an incomplete wallet, and we're going to finish it. Uh, So how do you, is command click a thing? How do you right-click or context-click in? 2 like this, two fingers. Cool. Uh, so I'm going to open this with Safari. Check this out. This is an incomplete wallet that we're going to finish uh, using Bits as the source of, the, of, source of information about, uh, about Bitcoin. So this is a, this is a wallet uh, that if you take our course, you will build yourself. Uh, and, of course, you can make it look better because you'll have learned the skills you need if you take our course to do all this. But we get you to this point where you have a, a wallet that looks like this. And the current step is to finish this so that like, all of this dummy data becomes real data from the real Bitcoin network and the Lightning network. Uh, so let's do that. Uh, I don't want this open. I said to open it in Safari, but I think I want to open this in um, uh Chrome, because I was using Chrome for other stuff. So sit is minimize, there is this, minimize, is this one minimized or is this?
1: one don't
0: i bit of Chrome. Okay. bit of a little bit yeah, you can uh, you can access my downloads folder. All right, cool. So uh, what we're going to do now is uh, go to this slideshow and follow the instructions. The instructions say that we're going that we need to open up this file index.html in a text editor. So uh, where is Finder? Right click. Watch me go. I know how to right click. Super's learning. And We're going to open this with um, the text edit app. I like the soft touch. The soft touch is good. This is not what I expected. Uh, is there a way to maximize? Yes, probably using the maximize button, which is the green one. Uh, this doesn't look like a text editor. This looks rather visual. I'm ex- I expected to see text, and I see not text. Uh, is there a um, is there a way to well, I want to see the text, which is this is not text. I'm going to close <laughs> this and try a different text editor. You click application and then open with VS Code or uh, What's a good text editor in here? I don't think it comes with a text editor. Well, text edit showed graphics though, like which yeah, is not what I want. I don't think it comes with a text okay, so I will go we, Next thing we're going to do is get a text editor. Nano is included on here? Uh, no. I don't know. Hang on. Nano test.txt. We'll find out. We do have oh, Nano. Nano's is a little text editor included in many consoles, including this one. Uh, control X. So let us go into your downloads folder and into what, it, what was it that is learn, um, learn CSS main and Nano, that index.html file. Yeah, you can access that folder. This is what I wanted to see. Uh, Okay, I'm going to go to the bottom of it. Control, that didn't do it. Uh, Page down. Where's page down? Does this have page down? No. Your keyboard doesn't have page down. And we're going to paste into here the code that it told us to paste uh, after the footer. So what I said to do in here is, after the footer, create some script tags. Copy that, go back to nano. Paste, indent these properly. Save, Uh, it does not, control O should save, yeah. And now if we go back to our browser and uh, load this pleb wallet, this should change slightly. Does anyone see any changes? Probably not because it changed in the console. You can right-click and inspect to view your console and look at that, we have the word test. We are able to modify Our web page, ladies and gentlemen, APIs are working. Next thing in our instruction set is to do this, DOM manipulation. Okay, DOM manipulation is something that I, well, you guys probably know what DOM manipulation is because most of you are programmers. This is mostly in here for people who are new to programming, which is what this course is designed for. Um, But I'm I'm, uh, enabling the, uh, the dollar sign syntax that uh, jQuery introduced for doing DOM manipulation. So is everyone familiar with that term, manipulating the DOM? Most people aren't. Wow, OK, well, here's, here's another sneak peek at our lesson. Uh, in HTML, HTML documents are, um, they have this thing called a document object model, or a DOM, um, where everything in your HTML document is laid out in these, uh, in these tag things. See, so you you've got like a tag here that says footer, and you've got one called div up here. See all those? Document object manipulation is JavaScript's way of like grabbing one of these things and changing it. And in your browser, when you change those things, uh, it changes how it's displayed. So like, if we changed the footer, then this down here, where it says made by plebs for plebs, we can change that using JavaScript, which is cool. So uh, we're going to paste in what it says to do. And what it says to paste in is that. Uh, we can get rid of the console log test line. And what comes of this? Well, uh, let me tell you, we are able to, we are able to save uh, and refresh. And we're able to change the price. Look at that. The price is no longer $19,000. It is now test. Which is cool, because we just changed stuff on our website using the document object manipulation um, protocol. Yeah, so the next thing we're going to do is change it to a number. We're going to get the real Bitcoin price and change it not to the word test, but to the actual Bitcoin price. OK, so here we are going to use a function called get data, which I wrote. Uh, I wrote this function that gets data from the internet and puts it on your web page. Uh, so we're going to pop this into our document and use it. Uh, if I was teaching people how to use JavaScript right now, I would tell them all about um, the methods that are in an ex- HTTP request. We're making a request to the internet, and in JavaScript, it's called an HTTP request. And that was, I would tell you guys, if I was teaching you this, about these uh, about what you can do inside an HTTP request. Like You can check if, if it's open. You can send the request. You can tell your uh, page to what to do when your uh, request comes back, which is what this ready state change thing does. Like, we're getting information from the internet. What do I do when it gives us that information? It's all in this function. However, since you guys are already programmers, I don't need to tell you guys about this stuff. So I will just copy this, uh, paste it down here, and other editors would indent this stuff for us. But this one does not, because it's only nano. 1, 2, 3, 4, and 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4. OK, now we've got no, Control-O, Enter. Uh, now we've got the ability to get data from the internet. And so the next thing we're going to do is get Bitcoin's price and pop it in. So this function, well, it's called getBitcoinPrice. It uses that get data function we just used to call out to Coinbase and say, hey Coinbase, what's the price of Bitcoin right now? That's the Bitcoin USD spot price. They give us back something called a JSON, uh, which has the price of Bitcoin in it. We unpack that JSON and get the amount. I will show you what a JSON looks like so you can see what, it, what we're doing. Hit enter. That downloads this response.json file for us. And If I open that, we get an Adobe advertisement. I don't know what it's doing. I hit cancel and it opened anyway. It's opening up a, uh, a web uh, application. What are you trying to do? I'm trying to open that JSON file in a text editor. Oh, you have to do the same way you did it a while ago with the HTML file. Well, I, c- I would love to, but this thing won't close. Close? Soft touch isn't working anymore. So. Control J, Command J. Uh, okay, so. No, Control O, Control X, go back to the Downloads folder, and nano response.json. Okay, so this is what uh, Coinbase gave us back. This is called a JSON object, and it's how computers talk to each other on the internet. They use these curly brackets because computers love those things, it's how they can tell when a string begins or ends. Uh, And they love quotation marks, because that defines a data type as being uh, a piece of text. And then it gives us all this information, like we're talking about Bitcoin, we're comparing it with US dollars, and the amount currently, as of when we downloaded this thing, is $21,316.38. So every five seconds, or ten seconds, we're going to get this little file from Coinbase, and we're going to pop this number into our HTML document. How do we do that? Well, This piece of code right here, not that one, this piece of code gets this file, uh, calls it a JSON, and parses it. JSON's that bracket thing that I was showing you. And then it says the price is equal to the, the go into the JSON, go into the data section of the JSON, and get the amount. If we look back at our little file here, this is the JSON. We're going into the data section, which is all of this. And there's three values in here, base, currency, and amount. And we're getting the amount. So that's what we're doing. We're going to pop that into our, uh, into our thing. Copy this whole function. Go into um, learn CSS main. Hello? Why is, it, why is it freezing up? Oh, I'm in there. Good. And nano index.html. Go down to the bottom. This doesn't have page down, so I can't do it quickly. And we'll just paste this function right under our get data function. Does it matter where you paste everything? Right. Uh, it uh, not right now. When we use these functions, uh, when we use these functions, it will matter that the function, the function that uh, we're going to create a function later called app. With a, and when we call the function app, it's going to use all of these things, and it has to be under everything that it's using. Um, if you put it above the thing it's using, then it'll look for it and it won't find it because the page hasn't loaded that part yet and then it'll error. But when we're just adding functions to the page and we're not actually using them yet, uh, it doesn't matter where you put them. Uh, scroll with two fingers. Let me try that. Mm, That's that's scrolling up the terminal, but not up the nano document Okay, so now we're going to create this um, Create this function called app which I just told you about and the function app uh, is going to Get the price using the get Bitcoin price function, and then it's going to use our um, uh, Use our DOM manipulation to get one of the HTML elements and put the price in there with a little with a dollar sign. So it looks so it looks nice and pretty. So, that is what we're going to do here. Oh, and then we're going to call this app function. And this is the one where it matters where you put it. You have to you have to put this underneath the thing that you're calling. So, put that into our file. Paste it. Indent it. This part's tedious. Uh, A normal document editor would do this for you, but Nano does not. Save. And if we go back to our uh, document, check this out, our wallet now, refresh, has the actual Bitcoin price loaded right here, which is what we want. Cool, right? This is an API. You guys have just learned the secret to like 95% of coding is like taking an API with data from one website and then taking data from another website and making something cool out of it. Like Uber is like, I'm gonna take data about where you're at from your cell phone. Guess how that's encoded? In a JSON, your cell phone sends a JSON off to Uber and it's like, this is where he's at. at, at. And he's like, I'm gonna get a location from another person and they're just gonna show the user, here's where this car is and here's where this car is. Like, that's, how, that's how websites work. They're just talking to computers all day long. And now you know how to do that because we just did it to put the Bitcoin price on this webpage. You guys with me? Yeah. Having fun? Cool. Next thing we're going to do is we're going <sighs> to open up a dictionary. <laughs> Next thing we're going to do is open a dictionary. <laughs> but then, we're going to slightly change our app function. There's a slight difference between these two versions of our app function. The slight difference is this extra little line here called set timeout. Now, what does this do? This set timeout says run a function called app every 10 seconds. This is 10,000 milliseconds. JavaScript counts in milliseconds. But yeah, it says run the function app every 10 milliseconds. So what that's going to do is it's going to run this app function on a loop so that we don't just get the current price of Bitcoin when we load the page, but every 10 seconds, it'll update it for us. So we're just going to copy this little line, go back to our file here. I apologize for having the mic um, moving around in my face. And indent it. Save. And now, if we refresh our wallet, every 10 seconds, this thing should update and give us the current price of Bitcoin. Woohoo! We are doing stuff. Next thing we're going to do is we're going to get uh, we're going to create a wallet on LNbits, and we're going to get its balance. Now. Uh, ideally, we should do this on our own local copy of LNBits, but I skipped the part where we connected to a Bitcoin node. Uh, and so there, there is no money on our LNBits wallets. So I, instead of doing that, I'm going to use the legend server uh, where it's, uh, it is hooked up to a Bitcoin node and it won't give us errors. So, let's, uh, let's do that. There are instructions. Follow the instructions. The instructions say, get the balance of an LNBits wallet uh, and in order to do that, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to modify our get data function. Why do we got to do that? Well, our original get data function, we just passed a URL to it, and then it called out to that URL and asked for information back. If we're going to do that to lnbits, lnbits will give us an error unless we include something called an API key. Uh, and an API key will, um, will uh, allow us to access a particular wallet. It's basically a password. Uh, And so LNBits will only talk to you if you know the password to your wallet. So we need to pass that as an argument to it. Then we need to pass a content type, because it only wants to talk to us in JSON. And there are some other formats that computers can talk to each other with. They can talk to each other with CSV, for example. But it wants us to tell it, give me back JSON. So that's what we're going to do next, is modify our getData function so that we can pass this data to LNBits. Copy. Go into here. In the nano editor, you can use Control K to jump around. What did it do? Oh, I didn't use Control. I used Command. Uh, you could use the c- Command K, uh, Control K option to get rid of a line. So I'm going to get rid of the old get data function, and I'm going to paste the new one. And I'm going to skip the indenting, because JavaScript actually doesn't care where you do your indenting. But uh, I do care. But uh, in this case, it's taking too long to do the indenting. So I'm just going to save. And now we can get data from LNBits about our wallet. So the next one is get LNbits balance. So we're going to create a function here that's going to call out to uh, the LNBits API. Now this one it's not always obvious how to deal with APIs. Like, I didn't show you guys how You know h- how did I know that if I called this URL, this Coinbase URL, it would give me that data object that has Bitcoin's price. If you're trying to make an application, this is stuff you're going to have to learn how to, f- how to find out. Like, I want to get the Bitcoin price. How do I do that? Uh, so in the case of Coinbase, what I would do if I was learning this, I would Google how do I get the Bitcoin price from the Coinbase API? And Coinbase would have this little Coinbase API document, well actually this is Stack Overflow, that tells you you know, what, what URL to query and what options you have. Uh, Coinbase has stuff down here that tells you this information as well. For Bits, so, so if, if you were doing this on your own, you'd do something like this, you'd Google how do I get the price from wherever I want to get it from, and then follow the instructions that the internet gives you. For LNBits, uh, its API is included over here. So whenever you create a new wallet, you get API info for it. And this API info, if you click it, tells you how to get wallet details, how to create an invoice, how to pay an invoice, and other stuff. So this is the one we're using. We're going to, get, we're going to send a GET request to this Slash API slash v1 slash wallet, uh, and that is shorthand for a URL. Uh, whenever you see a, something that look, this kind of looks like a URL. It looks like the second half of a URL. And when you see that in an API, it's telling you that the the uh, the URL it starts after this part. Like it's the current URL wherever you're at slash this stuff. That's how that's how you to read an API that. Uh, is written in this format where it only gives you half. The other half is whatever website you're on. Make sense? Cool. So we're going to call this. We have to pass this password, 779 whatever. That's the password we have to pass. Uh, And then it'll give us our answer back. So I've already written this out into a function um, here. Not that one. The this one, the get LN bits balance function, it just follows what that instruction set told us. It goes to this URL, slaps on the API part where it said slash API slash v1 slash wallet, and then I'm passing in uh, this password. But I have to change this to uh, to this new wallet right here. Uh, so the new password is seven seven nine five. So keep on doing that. The new one is going to be. Paste. Paste isn't working. I probably didn't copy. Control copy. You're not on the owner of the document. That's right. Okay. thank you. So I will just uh, paste it when I do do this part. Uh, Okay. so we copy this function. Copy that. Go into here. I'm going to put this function right under getBitcoinPrice, because it's similar. It's just instead of getting Bitcoin's price, we're getting the balance of a thing. And then I'm going to change uh, this password, or API key, to the one in our current Ellen Bits wallet. Everyone understand why I'm doing that? Yeah? No? Looks like some people might be confused. Uh, so Ellen Bits will only talk to me if I know a password. Bits would not like it if, uh, let's say that th- there's a lot of people who are on this particular LNBits server who have wallets and someone might have a, a bitcoin and a half in their Bits wallet. It would be really bad if I could just query this and get everybody's information and be like, aha, this guy's got one and a half bitcoins. So how Bits protects against that is by requiring that we also pass a password. Uh, and Each wallet, like I've created a couple other ones here, each wallet has different passwords for it. So if I want to get wallet details, this one's password is C2C, and this one's password is 779, and so forth. And that ensures that since you have to know the password for your wallet when you're making queries to it, you can't find out someone else's information. You can only find out information about wallets that you created, which is good, because that's secure. Does that make sense now? So I'm going to copy this little API key and go back to our document here and paste it in the spot where I deleted the old one. Uh, We're going to save this. Control O. Uh, And then there's one more thing we need to do. We have a function here for getting an L in bits balance. But we're not using that function. So I need to add a command down here in app that's going to use that function to change uh, the balance card. Uh, so let me tell you what I, what I mean by the balance card. Back to this. The balance card of our wallet is, is this one. It currently says we have 897,900 sats. But that's just dummy data. Uh, we're going to change this and make it actually what our wallet has, which is currently zero. Uh, and so let's do that. Uh, oh, wrong thing again. The function we need is right here. Get the balance using the getBalance function. And then take, get that balance card and set its value to however many sats we just got from our API. So we do that right here, paste. And if we refresh our page now, we will see test. well, why did it why did it do that? Uh, what did I do wrong? I have to check what I did wrong. Where is it getting the word "test" from? Uh, Command W test. Aha, it's getting it from up here uh, and we can get rid of that. We don't, this was uh, the example I made earlier where I showed you how to change, uh, how to do document object, object manipulation. We don't need that anymore, so get rid of those lines. Save, come back here, refresh. No, that's not the accurate price. We have an error somewhere. Let's go see. Uh, if you get one, th- so how, I, how do I know I got an error? Well, first of all, this is not the current Bitcoin price. What's the price? It's 21,000 is the current Bitcoin price because it was just 21,000 a few seconds ago. And then this is supposed to say zero now. So we got an error since it's not, those two things are not accurate. And how you check your errors in JavaScript is to cl- right click your screen, click Inspect. We're sure correct. Yeah. And we go to your console where we have an unexpected token called dot, dot, dot. I accidentally copy pasted a dot, dot, dot into my code right there. Just delete it. And now, uh, refresh our page, and we have another error. It also says we have an unexpected token called a closed parenthesis at line 63. Uh, most text editors will show you um, a line, or what lines of code you're on, but this one does not. So we just have to search for it because the nano does not tell us what line six line sixty one is um, right there, right there. What? where do you see a do you see a parenthesis out of place uh, what here Yeah, maybe. no this one's supposed to be there uh that is the close of this function, so that one's fine. I think it was mad about this parenthesis at the end of this uh, function, I had on the wrong line, I think. But I just fixed that. It might maybe this one. Uh, that was on the wrong line. So let's try that. Control O and see if we got a fix. No, it did not. Still at line 63. One thing Chrome will tell us. Chrome says this get data function. That's the problem. There is a parenthesis here that's not supposed to be there. So. Go up to our get data function, which is right there, and this parenthesis is not supposed to be there. Uh, so let me take a look at this. In- proper indenting helps. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Okay, that that I think is the problem. This right here is supposed to be the line that closes this function out, but there's an extra. There was a, there was a parenthesis there, and then there's this extra uh, unneeded uh, curly bracket. So that should fix it. Refresh. Well, it got rid of that one error, but we still have one left. The, the you see the little uh, red X that, and then a counter that tells you how many errors you got. So we have an error there. And then we have this error which says xhttp is not defined at this line which is xhttp open. And yeah, I forgot to I accidentally deleted um, deleted something which was in my original get data function. I needed this. So copy those, go back to here and paste them. And this explains why I had that extra parenthesis, actually. Uh, I needed that extra parenthesis because this thing needs a close for this one. needs something to close this parenthesis, which happens at the end. So, do our indentation. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. That and I think that will make it happy. Control O, back to our document, refresh, and I'm not seeing any errors. How? But uh, yeah, it doesn't see any errors now. But these things are not updating, which they, which I would think they should have. So. I'm going to take a look. I'm going to see why they did not. Uh, if you, one th- now we're doing debugging. You guys are going to learn debugging today in JavaScript. Uh, this is not something I expected to teach you, because uh, I expected to have this all working. But it doesn't work. So first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to see if this app function is running. How I'm going to do that is I'm going to tell the function to log the phrase, I'm running. And when I do that and refresh the page, it is running. Okay, so the, that ran, but let's see what happened here. No, not that. Go back up. Go to. Uh, now I want it to tell me what the balance is. Uh, so I'm going to say console log balance. Save that. Refresh that and it is not telling me the balance. So that is where a problem is. The, balan- the get balance function is not running. Get LN bits balance. where's that? That one is this one. So let's see if this one is running. Console.log, I'm running. Can you do that because it, it'll hit that async function and then? Yeah, so down here we call, this this, ba- this this line here says uh, it creates a variable called balance and sets its value to whatever this function get Ellen bits balance uh, tells it uh, so it is waiting for the get Ellen bits balance function to return something and that function is now I, I'm just checking to see that that function is actually There's running underneath it as opposed to before, right? so yeah I have to because I'm calling because this function's calling that one it has to be underneath it uh, so, save this file, control O, Go back here, press refresh, and now we see two, I'm running. So the get balance function is running. Why is it not returning uh, that data? I see a token there, like I see a dollar sign in it. It supposed to be just numeric, like on the line with data. Var data. You see, a, you see a dollar sign somewhere? Yeah, and your token. Oh, that is just nano telling us that there's more... Um, that there's more data over to the right-hand side. Nano um, does not do text wrapping. So it tells you that there is more uh, over here. And you can see it if you scroll past that dollar sign. The dollar sign is not in your text. That is a a hint that Nano is giving us that there's more data. Uh, So that is not the problem. But let's see if it's getting this data file back. Console log data. And refresh this page. And it is not. OK, so that part's not running. This is helpful. Okay, so Do you just pass the token as a second argument, or don't you have to say X API key like the key, and then the token is the value? I'm passing, I'm passing these, this information to the get data function. And if you look at the get data function, the get data function takes those parameters, URL API key, and creates this um, HTTP request. Where I can yes, (laughs) here's a marker. So uh, the function down here calls this guy and passes these two parameters to it, URL and API key. And if there is an API key, then it creates this X-API key equals, you know, is set to this value. So I think that's all working. But what I suspect is the problem is that I didn't set the content type that I expect back. Which is uh, application JSON. So let me see if uh, adding that helps. Application JSON. Command O. Nope. Control O. That didn't work. It wants me to dictate now. I think I hit Option O. Uh, refresh. Still didn't work. So what is, let's see if this one's running. Console log. I'm running too. Refresh. It is running. Well, this is strange. I'm really confused. This this is rather unsettling. Um, So let's see. uh, Maybe I wonder if. Oh, I see what the problem is. I, w- I must have screwed up this function earlier, because I had a thing here that said, uh, if you get a response back, then do this with it, and that's deleted. There's nothing telling it what to do when it gets a response back. Oh, I to tell it to display it? Well, I told it that earlier, because we tested this earlier, and it worked. But I think I must have deleted it when I was, when I was screwing everything else up. So I'm going to put that back in. Uh, Control-paste. Oh, Not that. 1, 2, 3, 4. 1, 2, 3, 4. Control O, go back to our page. What do you guys think? Is it going to work this time? I think it's gonna work. He thinks it's going to work. He has such confidence. Check that out. Hey, can you it? Yay! All right. So I think we're, is this, are, have we been an hour yet? Was that a flash crash that we just saw? 19,000 and shut back up 21,000? Uh, what, what time is it? 56. We're at 56 minutes? Okay. So we're not going to get through the rest. I was going to show you how to populate this. But I did show you how to use an API. So as your homework, if you guys want to, you can complete this and do, and do this part. The instructions are in the slideshow. So. Uh, wait, but how do we, uh, we can't fund our wallet yet. Oh, yeah, you can because this, it's getting this information from this guy. So you can just create an invoice for, I don't know, 50 cents. And I'm going to pay Ellen bits. Fifty sats, can you believe it? Baller, you want me to give you fifty sats? And when I do this, let's just see what happens. Right, what should happen? I haven't hit send yet, but our wallet should update in about ten seconds. Uh, it should. So let's see. This is not sent yet. It just sent. So within the next ten seconds, this should update and show that we have uh, that we have fifty sats in there. Boom. So yeah, now you know how to use an API uh, and how to, make, how to start, start working on your pleb wallet. But you'll have to finish using the instructions provided in the slideshow. Thank you guys for attending. I hope you liked learning about EllenBits. And, bits, and uh, let me know if you have any questions uh, after the show.